0: Hi, everybody. This is Pete Worrell, welcoming you to the next episode of the Positive Enterprise Value Podcast. Today, my guest is Adeline Druart. Adeline is the president and CEO of Vermont Creamery, which is a part of the Land O'Lakes group of companies. Adeline has a fascinating story that you're about to hear where, after graduating from university in France, she came to Vermont Creamery as an intern, met the love of her life, both in her personal life and actually, I would say, in her professional life. Uh, and over time, became uh, a worker at Vermont Creamery in the plant, grew to be head of operations, and ultimately president and chief executive officer. What a story! And unusually for the Positive Enterprise Value podcast, Adeline also has the experience of being one of the senior management team, the most senior member of the management team, who stayed on with Vermont Creamery after their acquisition by Land O'Lakes, which is the most well-known brand name in the dairy case in North America, and uh, helped in all of the integration of Vermont Creamery, the appropriate integration, but also is an advocate for supporting Vermont Creamery's continued independent and entrepreneurial brand name, reputation, and image. Adeline and I uh, had a fun conversation at the offices of Bigelow in August of 2021. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So first of all, thank you for doing this. You're really sweet to do this. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very excited. We haven't seen each other since, since 2017.
0: Right, so four years and um, a couple of months.
1: Right? Right. April, yeah.
0: So I'm guessing that the last four years were maybe like a different chapter in your life compared to all the other chapters. Do I have that right?
1: You do, you do. I have uh, an additional children. Yeah. So Great. while we were selling the business and working together, I was pretty pregnant. Yes. And then I had Hugo, who is now um, turning five. Yeah. And so really, uh, personally, I I grew to be a, um, a busy mom of two boys that are also very busy, and I know, and, and professionally, I uh, had just an, an amazing experience, something that I never thought I would be living, and um, lots of growth, lots of learning, um, and change, uh, change for the better.
0: And in the learning, was there some unlearning?
1: Yes, a lot of it. Letting go, uh, looking forward rather than looking. Um, into the past which took some some time to do you know uh, to look forward build the future and not not hold on too much to who we used to be um, but focus on um, who we could become with uh, with carrying forward the legacy which is very
0: important to me so if the last four years have been a chapter um, how many chapters have there been in your life
1: gosh um,
0: can you name them
1: Yes, I, I would say the first chapters started in France. Um, you know, I grew up in a small village with more cows than people in uh-huh. eastern part of France, um, and uh, was raised by both my grandparents, who are cow dairy farmer and um, and went to the national dairy school because I wanted, I loved science and food, and I wanted to learn dairy science. Um, and then I remember. I, it was time for me to do an internship, and my dad said, well, I can help you to to go in that local dairy uh, creamery. And I'm like, no, thank you. I, I, I want to do something by myself. Uh, I wasn't speaking English at the time, but a friend of mine had said, hey, I w- just came back from the US, and they make artisan cheese over there. I'm like, what? No, they make cheese for burger and cheese wheels." They said, no, 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 you gotta go and see. So I sent my resume to Vermont Creamery because all the product they were uh, making had French name. So I thought, well, if I can pronounce the product, I just finished a degree where I learned how to make the product. Um, Maybe I can survive in that internship. And Bob and his son, the co-founder of Vermont Creamery, uh, said, yes, come over. So I would say that that first time I got on that plane to come to America, I was 21 years old, not speaking English, first time on a plane. Uh, was closing the you know first chapter of my life and opening the second one which uh, which was um, the American dream
0: so um, wow that's a very moving chapter Uh, you had just graduated from university
1: yeah a master's degree in biotechnology
0: and um, you were coming to America and not speaking any English seriously yeah and so uh, did you go right to Vermont yeah and so how did you cope
1: um you know it's like this this naivete when you're young it's like i just sign up for this let's go for it <laughs> and then i landed and i just remember my dad had given me a hundred dollar and i had a return ticket two months later and i just remember landing and getting to the immigration um, at boston logan airport and this is when my heart started to race and thinking i don't understand what this individual is asking me and really starting to panic um, and then I arrived, uh, you know, somebody drove me from Boston to to Vermont. I arrived at Addison Hooper's house, which is, you know, like I said, the co-founder. And she was hosting me for two months. And I I just remember, like, entering through this beautiful farmhouse. And her husband, Don, came and started to open his arm. And you, you, you've met oh Don. Yes. You know, yes. it's like, hey, ha, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. And I just started to have to tear up, yeah. because this is really when it hit me, when I realized, what have I done? I don't know those people, I'm in a country that I, I don't know anybody, I don't understand what they say, and I was like, and I got to survive for two months, and if something happened to me, my parents will never find me.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, it was a two-month internship. Right. And uh, did, what were you hoping was going to come out of the two-month internship as you came to? Vermont, into Vermont Creamery?
1: I wanted to learn English. I really wanted to learn English. Um, and then I wanted to work and discover another another country, another culture, meet new people. Um, and so I, I went there with, without, you know, major expectation other than what a great experience and adventure for me.
0: And, and deliberately putting yourself in a very different ecosystem. Right. Right. And so... Um, And so what happened?
1: I woke up after that night of crying, (laughs) and Alison said, sit down, girl. Were you
0: in the A-frame?
1: I I, I was. What do you mean by that? Were you in
0: the the little A-frame cottage they have in back of the big house? Yes, 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 yes. I've been there.
1: Um, And she sat down. She saw my eyes just, you know, red because I cried all night. And the first thing she said to me, she said in French, "Um, you don't speak English, don't you? I'm like, no, I don't. Because I didn't say that on my resume, you know, I really wanted, I really <laughs> wanted to go Amer- to America. And then she served me breakfast. She had this those bagels, and I just remember I never had bagels in my life. I saw that on movies, so I was starting to get excited about the bagels. And on the bagels was that amazing butter, and I just remember tasting this butter. And you know, after all that emotion and and this big travel and stress, and this taste of the butter was like. Oh my god it tastes like home oh yeah and this is at the time where I started to just realize like wow it I it's gonna be okay
0: and what so you went to work at Vermont Creamery as an intern what kind of work did you start by doing
1: first day on the job um, they put me right to work on the line I mean I was supposed to wow. yeah uh, wrapping butter. So I met Debbie, uh, my co-worker, and she said, okay, here's the butter, here's the sticker, here's the box, and the tape gun. And we have 450 cases to do by the end of the day.
0: <laughs> and that was the Vermont Creamery cultured butter that came in a tub?
1: That, ca- that came in a roll. In a roll. Yeah. A roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So um, how long did you do that for?
1: I, I did that for a couple of weeks and and then I started to rotate into the different departments and you know when you work on the line and you do the same thing over and over my my head very quickly started to think like there's gotta be a better way to do this so i couldn't speak um, and I couldn't understand but i was so you, you different you develop different kind of clue which is i started to observe and I saw a lot of things that I was like man wait you know instead of Doing touching this thing 10 times, there's gotta be more more efficient way, easier way. Um, and so I started to, to go to Bob and his son and say, hey, I have this idea. I, can I work on this a little bit on the side? And they said, sure. Or we were t- doing product tasting and say, wow, this, this cheese could get a little bit of improvement on, on the flavor profile or the texture. Can I work on that? And every time I would bring forward uh, you know, an opportunity to, to to improve something, they would say, yeah, sure, why not?
0: So at the end of two months, was your internship done and you went back to France?
1: Well, something that I haven't mentioned to you, Peter, is um, on that first day, not only I started working on the line uh, wrapping butter, but I also met the other intern uh, at Vermont Creamery, which happened to be French as well. Uh, his name is Mark. And He has gone to the other national dairy school which is you know think of it like the harvard and yale of or of of dairy school and you're not supposed to you're supposed to compete against each other so here Alison said there is this other intern his name is mark and and we fell in love so before going back to france um mark said hey can we uh, are you interested to go in south beach miami with me I want to show you another side of America <laughs> that is quite different than Vermont. And, um, yeah, and so went to Miami and then went back to France.
0: Oh, cool, cool. So did uh, you go back to work at France?
1: I went to finish my master's degree, yeah. um, presented my master's thesis, uh, which was um, designing a plant to make HTS at Vermont Creamery. And I just remember presenting this thesis in front of a panel of teacher and, the business plan, the blueprint I have created. And I remember them saying, so you're in charge of this project? I said, yeah. And they're offering a job to come back to America and be the project manager for this construction project. And I said, yeah. And one of the teachers told me, Adeline, you don't get to build a cheese plant at 21 years old.
0: (laughs) So uh, you you, uh, graduated, you uh, got a good grade on your thesis, Mm -hmm. and you went back to Vermont. Right. Wow. And so, what year would that have been? Uh,
1: that was um, that was twenty years ago, nineteen years ago.
0: So, uh, two thousand and two or three? Yeah, two thousand two. Two thousand two, and um, would that have been chapter two?
1: Yeah. Chapter two.
0: And so, where did chapter two end?
1: Chapter two and. Um, Chapter 2 was made of many, many sequences. Uh, chapter 2 ends when we met you.
0: So during Chapter 2, you continued your um, building your relationship with Mark.
1: Yes.
0: And at some point, you got married and had children. Yeah. And during that time, um, remind me of what was your uh, progression of responsibilities at Vermont Creamery?
1: So, I, uh, you know, I, I started my official role as the operations manager and running the, the construction project. Um, then, I remember we had a sales salesperson, I'm like, can, can, I, can I help lead the sales organization? Can I start to sell some products? So I took on the responsibility of sales and created a marketing department. Um, so this is when I got promoted to general manager. And then five years ago, um, I became the president of the company and in the interim, um, had my first child, which I would say this is, this is a very important time in my life because it taught me a lot of patience, it taught me empathy, it taught me to, uh, to really consider um, people. Uh, more than I ever had and and also to to be a leader' it's, it's about working hard, but also setting good example for work life balance and, and wellness and caring.
0: So you were leading a family and leading a business yeah and it's incredibly challenging to be a mom and a business leader, right?
1: It is. But I got lucky.
0: How did you get lucky?
1: Because um, both Bob and Alison were parents. They both had three children. And, and I remember Alison telling me, you know, we, we had those side conversations in the office for some time, hours, and she said, I don't, you can't continue to work that late, work that many hours. At some, at some <laughs> point, you're going to have children, and it's going gonna, it's, to it's gonna change. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, i I still going to. I'm still gonna do all those things so yeah we'll see i think she was she was smiling every time because she knew that things would change in my life so uh, i got lucky in the, in a way that i had two leaders that were very supportive that not only helped me to become a leader in their organization but also uh a parent and a working mom um so i got i got a lot of support from them
0: so It's occurred to many of us um, for years, but also in the last 20 months or so, um, how challenging it is to be a working mom, Mm -hmm. especially. Um, Do you think there's an unavoidable choice to be made between being a good parent and a successful professional?
1: I think work-life balance is BS. It's overrated. I think... Um, and I learned that um, the past four years, I will say, has been a lot of work. Uh, less seeing my children, and what the pandemic uh, did to me is reset that balance. I no longer ha- was traveling. I was uh, I could do bedtime story every night, which I haven't done with my five-year-old ever. So, what? Well, what I what I'm coming to realize is there is time in life where you're going to lead in one side of the balance, and then time in life where you're going to lead, uh, you know, lead on the other side. Uh, but it is extremely, extremely difficult to make peace with that, uh, especially as a as a working mom, You carry you carry the work, you carry the children, you carry the household. Um, I'm fortunate that Mark and I are you know very well balanced in the 50/50 on on the household, but it's it's a lot. And the other thing is women have such a high expectation for themselves. Yes. that it's even harder, which is, you know, if it's back to school today and I was already like, like, oh, I should have been, you know, at, you know, at school today. Uh, but I also had this important meeting to lead and, and just be okay when you tap the balance, you know, one way or the another.
0: Well, I just, you're my he- absolute hero for saying work-life balance is BS. <laughs> I, I, um, many people will know that and one of my recent blog posts was work-life balance schmalance. <laughs> to me, I love the way you just put it, but to me, I would just say quickly the, uh, solution is integration, yeah. work-life integration. Yeah. So maybe that's what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I, I, I. You know, this is a hard realization to come to, and it, I, I think it takes maturity and and, and experience. And um, but also, I, you know, we have a lot of young parents in our company. Uh, my leadership team is made of seven individuals. Six of them um, have children under the age of ten. Mm-hmm. So, I think it, it builds a different kind of appreciation because you're either in the trenches with your team. Um, or or you've been there um and, and and so it's it's important to show empathy and support um especially in those difficult time because parents have to juggle so much um and uh, and i think being supportive is is the only way
0: right so help me remember so uh Chapter one, we get that. Chapter two goes to 2017, I think you said. Mm-hmm. And in 2017, what happened?
1: I remember January um, going to Bob and I, son, said, I'm pregnant with number two, and just being so excited. Uh, they were very excited for Mark and I. And then, um, you know, we we're looking at the growth of the business and I had put out a capital plan together for the next three to four years and started the meeting with, you know, our cooler is too small. We need a new receiving dock. The boiler is about to go on us and just hit the list, putting some number and they're like, stop, stop. I'm like, what? And they're like, Adeline, obviously we need, we need to start looking at at what it's gonna take to, to take the company to the next level, to realise that vision that you and the team has, and we need to start looking for for a new partner that can help you, that can support you with that vision. We have worked all our life to build a successful business. It's it's now time. So
0: and, and we did, call how you. How did that feel to you? <laughs> how did that feel to you? Was it scary?
1: Not at that, that time. I was like, okay, well, you know, I knew at some point they would want to retire. You so know. It was in
0: the back of your mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a, my mom is a small shop owner. She's been running the shop for 33 years. She was also talking about selling, you know, her shop. And that's, so that's, that's why you you do what you do. At some point, you know, you have created enough value th- into your, your, your business that you can sell it and, and, and then, and enjoy the fruit of your labor.
0: So when we began our work together, be honest now. Um, what probability did you put on it actually being successful?
1: Oh gosh, do you want me to answer that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I never. Na- Low, medium, high. Um. I was. I really enjoyed our connection. I didn't know what I was signing up for. That's why I can't put a put a probability, but. I I never had gone through an acquisition. I -hmm. never gone through preparing company. Um, um, But what I do remember, it's meeting the different kind of people and then it it comes down to connection. Like, are you gonna be, do you get us? Do you care about what we care about? Because this this is the most important, Process than a, than a founder than a company can go through which is you're going to pass on your your life work Your baby to somebody else and and the person who is responsible of that process must Must care as deeply as you do about this so, company
0: and so as the owners Allison and Don but also the other stockholders yeah. went through this work with uh, with us um, You had you were intimately involved and you were integral to the success of it and you had a chance to see all of the potential investors, mm-hmm. and actually, I think you went on a tour of the potential investors, yeah. right? We we did something a little unusual, which is you and Don and Allison and Bob Rob and, and,
1: and and Bob and Sandy, Bob
0: and Sandy and Allison, yeah. Don. Excuse me, I yeah. meant to say uh, uh, went on a little uh, trip to visit the potential investors, to some of them. What did you what did you conclude from that? What did you learn from that?
1: Well, it's very important to do that because you can look at, you know, you can look at the profile of a company, the profile of an investor on, you know, look at their balance sheet, look at their, you know, look at the numbers, everything that fits on the page or on Excel spreadsheet. But then there is who they are, people. And it's it was such an important visit for us to go see every single potential investor. Go visit their plant. To me, I wanted to see, like, is the plant well maintained? Do they care about where the people work? Look at the break room. Yes. You know, and then talk to the people. Are they smiling? Are they stressed? I um, go see the farmers. Um, and then we went and walked the 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 supermarket aisle. You know how the brands is perceived, and because that's that's the visual clues. That's that that's the emotional clue that are very very important and 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 bring bring the instincts to um, to the insights that you saw you see on a on a, on the or
0: and, and when you got through that trip did you feel like you had seen some large contrasts between the companies
1: we we, we saw some but all the people we are talking with they were the finalists already of a very rigorous process so it it you know, there wasn't uh, uh, an organization that we visited that uh, we were like, absolutely no, because you, <laughs> you didn't let us meet with those ones. Right,
0: right, we didn't. <laughs> and so the ones you saw were all impressive in their own way.
1: Yeah, they all have some. They all had something unique um, to bring to the table, and. I remember when we went to to visit Lando Lakes and and met uh, with Beth Ford and and her team uh, you know they were the largest and I just remember being so impressed by the scale i had i had i didn't envision and imagine we would be talking to a fortune 250 in this process and and then meeting Beth meeting the team meeting Lando Lakes I was just impressed I was very intimidated and then throughout this conversation I could also see the potential like they were seeing and think bigger than we had anticipated
0: I remember um, before you went on that visit you and 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 Allison and maybe Bob were a little professionally skeptical about whether, I don't remember how large they were at the time maybe 12 billion some yeah, 10 billion yeah, yeah 13 whether a 10 or 12 billion dollar yeah. business could be a good partner for you and I th- I think you went there with some skepticism right
1: a lot of it yeah <laughs> yeah because I again we you know we were not ex- expecting to to have th- this conversation and and what I would say is you know we you, you kept on coaching us who you think is going to buy you is is very different than who is going to end up buying you. And you kept on coaching us with that, like don't go into this process with with a set mind yeah. because you know industry because you have been talking to some of those investors for more than seven years, uh, and you were right, you were right. So, um, but, but the scale was was very intimidating, and and I I kept on thinking. How, how are we gonna? How are we gonna thrive? You know, how are we not gonna get lost in 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 um, in the size of this company and and have a voice and 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 be an important part of the portfolio or the company when you are so small? Um,
0: so I think for people who are listening to the podcast, I think some of what Adeline is referring to is that at Bigelow we are very humbled by the fact that. We are frequently surprised at the outcomes of who the best fit investors are going to be for our clients. And that's why we urge to keep an open mind, is that Mm we urge our clients. We don't know how they can make a decision before seeing all the data. We certainly can't. And we're constantly surprised. And we're a little surprised in this case. Now, along the way, I think I had a couple of short conversations with you about you Weren't completely clear that you were going to stay with the business for very long. That you, maybe you were keeping your options open at that point. That you were the president, mm-hmm. and you were going to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But there was some thought that maybe, as we went through that together, maybe you know over time you might transition out of the business. But now here we are, four years later, and I'm seeing someone who's in the business more than ever. Yeah, tell me about that. Uh,
1: the first two years were really hard for me because i i didn't have experience in big cpg in corporate america so i i, I was a deer in a headline and so what what i did is i lean in into what i know how to do best which is connecting with people and coming to the table and said i don't know how to do this i don't know who to talk to can you help me and then also continued to, I mean, to share the passion of the business, to educate the organization. Yes, we are small, but yes, but you know we are growing, and and we are B Corp, and so it it it's really it's it's a s- simple strategy, but I leaned on people, and that's that's one of the uh, very I would say early on attractiveness of Lando Lakes is not only. They are farmer-owned. Uh, you know, we're 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 a hundred years old co-op. The people uh, of Lando Lakes are terrific, terrific people, and it doesn't matter if you have ten thousand employees or less than a hundred uh, in that case. And so, um, you know, I, I got a lot of help to start understanding and navigating the organization, so I could, you know, uh, help. Build a semi-integrating model, which is how we are operating.
0: Semi-integrating. Yeah. What does that mean?
1: Is we 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 are integrated in some functions of uh, the enterprise and some other function we run independently with a tight connection to 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 Lend-O-L-X Corporate, but we you know because the scale is so different um, you know a process that is suited for a, f- a five billion dollar you know. Um, um, division or or brand or you know um, doesn't doesn't fit for for a small small innovative agile entrepreneur uh, company where you got to move fast you got to just iterate very quickly in market um, so yeah um, and five years later I'm still here and because of uh, the people I get to work for with and the growth uh, that we are generating and what we're doing with the growth we are. You know, we are we're able to achieve some of those long-term dreams that we had with Barbara and his son, leaning into our mission, developing our people. Um, you know, focusing on living wage, having an impact, living our B Corp certification and mission, and also we became the number one brand of goat in the marketplace. And you know. And, and starting to really accelerate our leadership yeah, in cool, market right? I mean, you've gotten so many cool.
0: awards over the past three or four yeah. five years right yeah yeah. so cool Yeah. and also a teensy bit surprising to some of us because who would have thought that you'd be able to pull it off like that <laughs> right
1: yeah, I do. I do wear two hats. Uh, I do the, wear the Vermont Creamery hats, yeah. and I do uh, have. Uh, uh, I'm a vice president uh, and officers of Flandre Lake, so vice president within dairy food. So, it w- what's been amazing and also sometimes challenging is for me to learn my role as a vice president of a five billion dollar you know division. Yes, a- and and constantly you know making sure that I wear both hats. Um,
0: Boy, that is so insightful of Land to yeah. have you have both yeah. roles, though, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's great. It is. It is great.
0: And so have you infected Land O'Lakes positively with the Vermont Creamery entrepreneurial culture? I don't know if infected
1: in the...
0: Have you... That's a good word for infected. Have you um, helped bring about positive change uh, in small ways at land lakes through Vermont creamery's entrepreneurial spirit
1: i think it's it's a both way relationship um, you know land lakes has certainly brought their expertise uh, their their resources to help us grow and bring insights and 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 manufacturing expertise and so we we have learned a lot, and we've been supported a lot in our growth journey and change journey, and vice versa. Um, I think what what we bring into into the dairy food uh, through Vermont Creamery brand is a new set of consumer that are millennials that are looking for you know brands that they can um, you know al- that align with their values, uh, a portfolio that is in the super premium segment where it's about taste, it's about connection to the story, it's about um, transparency in supply chain. And then also the, the, the B Corp uh, message, you know, being a purpose driven brand and making sure that um, we constantly raise the bar into how we utilize this growth to fuel our impact.
0: And how have you dealt with, I mean, Land Lakes I think of as a uh, cow dairy company, and you're a goat dairy company. How does that work?
1: Wow, it's just a smaller animal. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, so we are, you know, we are owned by um, 16 over 1600 dairy farmers and you know, we whether it's a goat or a cow or a sheep, what we what we want is we want dairy farmers to be successful. We want we want the ag uh, sector to thrive. I mean, this is this is about feeding America. Um, and more than ever during COVID, we certainly have seen that farmers are the heroes along frontline workers. And so it, it's less about what kind of animal, it's more about dairy farming prosperity, you know, making sure that um, some of those uh, farms that we have in our network, whether it's Vermont or California or the Midwest, that they can pass on their equity from generation to generation, keep working the land. and and keep, you know, keep farming alive and thriving.
0: Big challenge. Mm -hmm. So you've been both a team member, but also team leader. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it more satisfying for you to be a member of a team or lead the team?
1: Are you going to ask me to pick? I want to say both. Uh, I do love, uh, I do Love leadership. I do being sur. I love being surrounded with with people that that are uh, growth oriented, that are also entrepreneurial, meaning willing to try new things, uh, to move fast, to run this business like it's their own. I want to make sure we don't lose that. Um, and I do love being part of uh, the leadership team of of Lando Lakes and Bedford uh, Officers Group because. Um, it's a it's a whole new set of colleagues that I got to learn from and 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 grow from.
0: So, would, what, how would your colleagues at Atlanta Lakes or Vermont Creamery say that you might be? In what ways might you be challenging or a little tricky to work with?
1: Good question. Um, I. Uh, I want to grow this business, and so I ran a hundred miles an hour uh, and and so if if you're looking for steady as we go or let's put one foot in front of the other um, i I get impatient with with this sometimes, and so I do push my team to be ambitious to be ambitious for themselves, for the business um, we got to, you know, I want to make sure we move fast. Um, and yes, I set big goals. Uh, I want us to, to stretch ourselves because, honestly, we can. And I see the opportunity and the, the team that we have, our leadership team, is, is, is seeing that vision as well, which is exciting.
0: I mean, if you're at Land Lakes, you must love hearing that, hearing Adeline say that. Um, can you envision a move to Minneapolis someday soon?
1: I've been asked that question and, um, you know, I love Vermont. Uh, I love Vermont's sense of place. To me it's it's home and it took a long time for me to call Vermont home. I love Vermont's approach to food, to way of living. I do now um, believe I can make an impact in the Vermont landscape, uh, one of the examples is I used my voice uh, last year to be part of a task force to work on childcare. I saw
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Which succeeded.
1: Which succeeded, yeah. um, and um, and so put it put it the Vermont state as first in the nation t- uh, to be offering universal childcare by twenty twenty three. But also i mean i have been flying back and forth to minneapolis for the past five years and this is absolutely doable and we're we're now hybrid and and remote is is the new way of living and i don't think we're going backwards so it's less about where you reside but m- more of you know the impact and the work uh, where it's located
0: yeah i uh, i'm with you I, I guess i was referring to do you see someday that you could have increasing responsibility at land lake
1: um, yes, I do so. Uh, I, I do believe. I also uh, believe I, I bring something unique is I, in the sense that I do understand entrepreneurs. I understand uh, small, medium-sized businesses and how, you, with an end-to-end view of the business, you can really um, accelerate growth. You can build teams that are, you know, operating like like owners that wears multiple hats and the complexity of something perhaps smaller um and also the the next generation of consumer uh you know what what consumers are looking for what matters to them it's very important that we evolve our our portfolio within the dairy food i think i do have a role to to play in 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 building this future and i'm excited that's why i'm staying it's because i get to to work with an awesome team at Vermont Creamery and I get to have an impact in building in the future within Land Lakes
0: So as um, I'm guessing that uh, you and Mark and you made the point that hybrid might be here forever, mm-hmm. I, which I agree with, uh, uh, can you see, can you anticipate any additional changes in your lifestyle? Are there some things you've been dreaming about doing that you might do now?
1: <laughs> you know, I've, so I've been running hard uh, since even pre-acquisition. Yes. So I got pregnant, and then we met you, and then it was all hands on deck. We gotta, we gotta prepare the business to transition. We gotta create this growth plan. We gotta meet with those investors. Then Hugo was born, and then back on the spreadsheet. We gotta bring this thing to the, <laughs> the finishing line, and then the ink was not even dry that I was already on a plane to Minneapolis, and then making sure that. You know, I, uh, I help educating our new parent company into who we are and how we work and-, and
0: Full-time job.
1: Full, full-time two jobs. And so, um, so that was hard because I was constantly on a plane, but I choose to do that. I really wanted to do this transition well for everyone. Um, and then with, with COVID happening, all of a sudden, I go from being on a plane two to three times a month to none. And I have to say it. I have really enjoyed being at home more often. So, the changes I want to make moving forward is I don't have to be on the plane all the time to go have a conversation. Uh, and hopefully, the world will continue that way as well. Um, and so, being being more home uh, while continuing to have those important customer visits and you know relationship and being in the market. So I, I think I'm not going backward being a road warrior because I think there is a better way
0: yeah I think that the quarantine uh, was a happy acceleration for those of us who spent a lot of time on the road Meet mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I think uh, I did a lot of travel which if you looked over my shoulder you would probably consider it to be somewhat marginal mm-hmm. and I would pop on a plane and go see someone at any time and what the, what we were overcoming was people's aversion to using digital platforms like Zoom uh, we've been using WebEx since I think 2006, yeah. but it was very hard for us to convince other people to use it so now I, I just don't see ever going to that level of marginal or any level of marginal travel that if it's important to be with somebody, gosh I'm going to jump on a plane and be there, Yeah. but uh, boy that marginal travel is all gone Yeah. it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. so when you're operating at a high achievement as you are, in a high level, my experience has been that like 90% of the challenges facing high-level high leaders are uh, psychological, especially for people who have sustained output like for five years, 10 years, 25 years. And the thing to sustain all of this is a tremendous amount of self-care usually. So that sometimes is... Uh, putting some physical practices in place when you start playing the deeper game like you're talking about. Sometimes for some people that means meditation, for some people that means yoga, for some people that means metabolic workout, moving your body. What have you been doing that's keeping you uh, your self-care in good shape?
1: So after um, Yugo was born, I had two and a half weeks before I was in front of spreadsheets again with Rob. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember how am I gonna get back in shape after having this baby? Uh, And I think we were like planning a a, a trip to Europe like two months after he was born. Um, So I met met with a trainer and I said, you have two months to put me back to shape because uh, there is this clock towards this plane. And so that trainer is someone that I've been working with. Since then, so every Sunday we meet. We became really, really good friend, and it's this no no matter how tired I am, and sometimes I just will you know come back Friday night midnight, you know, but doesn't matter. I will meet with her every Sunday, and that's my one hour of me time. uh, That the the boys know Um, it's it's for myself, and it's uh, the other thing is. Um, I have a coach, uh, and I'm part of the Vistage Network, which is a key executive and CEO network um, in the state of Vermont, and we meet once a month, and this this team uh, has been close to me. Some of them know me for over uh, a decade. And so surrounding yourself with people where you can ask for help or if it's, you know, when you have a challenging day or a challenging month where you can call and say okay how how do I build myself back how do I see things differently and so it's uh, it's exercising it's uh, it is surrounding yourself with mentors uh, and a good network uh, of coach because I'm still young in my career and I so I need I need to listen and learn um, and then the last piece is my family um making sure that i go back to france see my parents um which has been a challenge lately because um, um you know they haven't come to see us since since 2019. um yeah that's my
0: so so as you um work with your coach over these past four years five years um Mind, mind follows body, right? I mean, have you noticed your thinking processes changing as you change your physical activity?
1: Yes. I um, I have a high stress tolerance, which is also can be detrimental. That means you push, 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 and then you burn.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, and I remember after the first couple of months after the acquisition, I was at headquarter and I had, you know, pushed really hard. Um nonstop since Hugo was born. And I remember waking up one day and I had shingle on my face. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my God, this burn, this is, this is painful. What do I do? And then um, flew back early and here I am at home with um, this situation. And this is where I realized that was the first time in my life where my body had said, time out girl, time out. And so it was a very good, important learning lesson that uh, if I'm not staying aware of my limits, the limits are gonna be reminded to me.
0: Yeah, so you're such a giver, and givers get depleted, right? Because you give and give and give in all the roles that you have. And uh, I know about this uh, (laughs) intimately, and I know that uh, I get depleted and when I'm depleted, it's no good for me or anyone around me. Exactly. So over the years, I'm a little older than you are. I've spent some time understanding how I can get what my wife calls repleted. Yeah. Rejuvenated, yeah. made young again. What do you do to do that?
1: I take breaks. I take, um, um, especially with with COVID, if I can't fill my bucket with going and seeing my family, how I'm going to close this, this big gap? And it's a big gap. So um, making sure I um, Uh, You know, I take a Friday off and let's go on an adventure um, and stay overnight by, you know, one of those beautiful lakes within the state of Vermont. Um, Making sure, yeah, making sure I I go on hikes with my family, making sure I see my friends and um, being intentional about taking those breaks. And it doesn't have to be crazy expensive you know, a day at the spa, it's I'm going to take a Friday afternoon off, I'm going to unplug, and then I'm going to go look up at the sky.
0: Yeah, and you uh, resonate with what you say, because for me also, it does have to do with changing my physical space. Yeah. So even if I just go somewhere for a night, I don't know what that is, but it just changes everything, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I do also uh, practice positive mindset and gratefulness which I started um, and writing down, uh, you know, what I'm grateful for, for today, what I've learned, because no matter what your day is, there's gotta be something positive that came out of, of it. Um, and we also started to practice that at home every night cool. um, with uh, during family dinner. It's like, what was your favorite moment of the day? To the point it's cute because our little five years old, if we forget to say it, it's like, hey, we haven't done favorite moment of the day. That's great. Yeah.
0: So um, many people listening to this episode, Adeline, would say, wow, this is a woman who... Has had extraordinary uh, successes all through her life. Look, look listen, listen to the story. Um, almost nothing but successes. Are there a couple of setbacks or times where you stubbed your toe that were good lessons, of learning for you?
1: Yes, many. Oh boy, where to start? Um, you know the 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 first the first one was I would say during. During my career with Bob and his son, I remember, um, you know, after being general manager, I wanted it's like, okay, when do I become the CEO? And and I sense like, well, I'm the CEO. It's like I know, but <laughs> when, what, you know, what's what's next for me? And I just remember now that I reflect on it, just not really understanding what a CEO is, or even a president of the company. Um, and and you can operate a business, and then you can lead a business, set the vision, set the purpose. And so, um, you know, I'm grateful for Bobinson to be patient with me and understanding also uh, that I was new into this journey. Uh, but I, you know, I, you know, I was I was sometimes a little too pushy, uh, um, you know, on wanting to keep growing and taking on more responsibility. The, uh, the, uh,
0: and did that put your relationship with Bob and Allison in some tension at times?
1: At times, but also um, at times, but we always overcome those because of the, the trust and care. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when Bob Alison wanted to buy the farm. Yes. Uh, that was a, a, a very, um, that was a time where we had tension because we finally had gone out of our line of credit. You know, we paid were it paid it back. We were profitable. We had cash flow in the bank. It's like, okay, now we can start investing into the operation and invest in marketing. And then I remember Bobinson sitting uh, uh, down Rose, our plant manager and I, and said, we're buying a farm. Like we are, what, what? Yeah, we're buying a farm. Uh, it's pretty gonna deplete all our cash flow, um, but we gotta do this. And I just was like, why are we doing this like we we already buy milk from other farms we need that money to grow the business and and it was at the time where we had we had tension and back and forth and i remember at the end of uh one of the meeting barman saying we're doing it and I, i i just reflect on those moments where them as leaders they had to take a huge risk it could have been so comfortable to just you know keep improving and perfecting and then be safe not put everything on the line and what they did is they did the opposite they went and put everything on the line to build this farm um, and also uh, had some pushback from their leadership team and they did it anyway and i'm just i am in awe of those moments now that i reflect on it <laughs> <laughs> at the time it was tough yeah. <laughs> conversations
0: you know uh, i think about you and Bob and Allison and and think about how great it was that you were the person you are so that they could invest in you this trust to be able to carry on the business actually before the transaction you were the person doing it and as you know and you can probably uh, check this with your friends at Vistage you know that is a Uh, an action which has very low probability of success that there are so many entrepreneur, owner, managers who work hard to uh, recruit and retain a new president and it's so low probability of success that they almost think of it as they laugh about it because they know they're so bad at it and I've had the opportunity to interview many of those presidents who uh, departed Mm-hmm. and interview some of those owners after the president's departed. And very frequently, if I ask the owner why didn't this work, they'll say she wouldn't take responsibility. And if I asked the president, the departing president, why did this work, and she would say, they wouldn't get me give me responsibility. And so I think it's so great that somehow the way that you loved and trusted and supported each other, I think it was two-way. Mm-hmm allowed you to have the ability to go through those tension spots, right? Because it worked. Yeah. It turned out to be good for everybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So great. Yeah.
0: So, if you could speak to a person who was in a role like you were at in, and they were the senior management team, maybe the president, maybe just a senior manager of A business that the owners were considering having a capital gain transaction at some point. What advice would you give them?
1: I would say make sure it's not in particular order, but make sure the founders is ready.
0: Make sure the founders are ready.
1: Make sure the founders. What do you mean by that? Because it's. Especially when it's, it's you know, f- founder-owner, you're transitioning your baby, your life work. And this is a, such an emotional transition. And, and, you g- and, and, and so as, as the leadership team or as th- the leader that reports to those founder, uh, ch- ch- just be prepare and have empathy and awareness for what those founders are going to go through emotionally.
0: In, in your situation, I think some of the founders are ready and some weren't as yeah, ready.
1: And you were the coach in that <laughs>
0: the and, process. And, and that's very that's very usual, mm-hmm. right? That some mm-hmm. are going through a little uh, tension between their head and their heart.
1: Yeah. yeah their yeah.
0: heart says, I'm not sure I want to do this. And yeah. their head says, I know I have to do this.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. How did you ma- navigate through that?
1: I, we were... S- I mean once we started the process it was all hands on deck we I, I didn't have time to think this about this we were you know we were in the trenches of putting the growth plan putting you know putting all the the financial model uh preparing the leadership team like it's almost like it's a machine and you don't really have time to th- think about that I mean for me I was like you know, working the timeline, working the to-do list, working, uh, working the process. Um,
0: Were were you, uh, was the level of work required? Was it kind of what you thought? Was it more? Was it less?
1: I think it was, it was more. It was, it was hard because again, two hats, you're selling the business behind the scene. So you can't, you know, you can't let your team knows. We, we 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 had made a decision to let the leadership team know,
0: and I think I forget how many was that.
1: It was five, five, five of us. Because, you know, we're we're very transparent. This is one of our five core value: transparency. And so, it was such an important piece. It's such an important process that we, you know, Bobinson, we're, we're very supportive to to let the leadership know uh, that this is the journey we were on. But then the rest of the company, like didn't know so you you're putting file you're asking question like and it's like why are you asking these questions so, and don't ask um so it was a lot of work a lot of learning and and one thing that is that really set us up for success moving forward is the preparation that not only we had done to sell the business but to prepare the team to what's going to happen next
0: say more about that
1: well i uh, you know, for me personally, I don't have an MBA. I never been to school for any of this stuff. You could teach it. Um, I learned by doing. Uh, I learned by um, growing an entrepreneurial business by doing. I learned about M&A by doing. Um, but when we, after the tra- transition, I remember I knew what a growth brand looks like. I, I knew, you know, we, we, we had, we were prepared to have a plan on how we're going to scale the business. Uh, We were prepared to understand what would be the step-up function. We were prepared to present our ambition and aspiration, um, the market we're in. And and all of this uh, was done to prepare the business to sell, to prepare to present in front of the, the, the investor, but then it really prepared me to my next role, which was um, you know, represent Vermont Creamery in a new, in a new, um, in a new enterprise. In a, you know, be part of a new family and and be able to sell that vision.
0: Were you surprised by the number of investors that were interested in Vermont Creamery?
1: No, because we had a, We have an awesome company.
0: And <laughs> is
1: that is that? I, I mean, I, I just I don't want to sound pretentious, but we have an um, we had amazing brand. We have an amazing product quality. We're really the best brand in, in, in the set. So uh, I'm not surprised we had that many investor. What I'm surprised is uh, we had a, a, a lot of investor in the finishing line.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like it, during that time that you were controlling the narrative? The story more. that you were telling investors?
1: I remember one of the investor as we were presenting the the growth plan and painting the picture of what the future could look like. Uh, one of the investors said to me, and you know, we were in a boardroom, uh, five men, and here is this young pregnant woman saying, "Yeah, you know, we're gonna grow this thing." <laughs> and I remember one of the investors said, "Adeline, you don't grow a." specialty cheese business more than fifteen percent without wrecking and really damaging the culture the brand of, and 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 the the core of the business I was like okay and here we are you know um, five years later and um, the past three years we grew the business forty eight percent it's not easy because you stretch every single part of it and that's why when we define growth, it's not just market share and top line, it's also culture, mission, and making sure those, those pillars that are the fundi- foundational to our business are equally invested and cared for. Um, so then you don't wreck it, you know? And, and so it's, it's, it's a lot of balancing act to make sure everything moves forward equally. The people, the, the purpose, the market, the financial, uh, of it, and then also our, our farmers, our, our owners.
0: So um, some uh, entrepreneur, owner managers, and their senior management teams have uh, st- super strong cultures and strategies and images and reputations, but they sometimes are uh, worried or anxious about leading with their culture when they go through a methodology to find a new investor. They're, they're concerned that that will sometimes turn off investors because their culture is too strong, and usually some investors have their own culture. Did you think about that at all, or how did you think?
1: Not at all. We put it culture as one of the um, unique, strong assets for Montcreamery. Right. Uh, I mean, and, and culture more than ever, it's like culture strategy and then processes. Like, you, you gotta lead with culture. Culture is how you get you, you, you get the, the the secret sauce to happen um, so now we we led with strong culture, established leadership team, which was a, um, an important um, point and and today we continue to lead with culture. Our culture has evolved for sure um, and uh, you know we we, we stayed grounded, grounded into care and family you know when you when you ask. Uh, Vermont Creamery employee that works on the line, like what what's how would you define culture to a friend, like, hey come and work for Vermont Creamery. We dot 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 and people uh, respond very often often with the same it's like people care and it feels like a family here. So leading with that, what we needed to evolve when I when I when I mean evolve is we needed to embrace growth. We were going from, you know, we, we, we double and triple our growth rates um, and so we needed to take growth as an opportunity rather than, oh, my God, we're overwhelmed by growth, whether it's production or the workload or, or just so many new things that need to be accomplished to sustain growth and, and scaling uh, a business and, and uh, an operation. So that's the work we've been doing over the past three to four years, is how to build a culture that embrace and growth.
0: And What do you think it was about? A change in ownership that allowed you to unlock that. Was it access to capital, or was it? What do you think it was?
1: It's the support of our uh, new ownership to the vision and the potential of Vermont Creamery, and and I just remember uh, when we were meeting with all the all the investors. I just remember. What's the aha moment for me with, with when we met with Land O'Lakes was, you know, being farmer-owned. Like, I'm going to work for farmers, and that's so meaningful. Um, it's so aligned with our value. The people we met, the care for product and quality and, and excellence, and then the growth aspiration. I remember the, in that presentation, they uh, they had actually done a growth plan looking at the product and portfolio the innovation opportunity and i was like this is mirroring what i just presented in our uh, growth aspiration so we were very aligned into where we could take the business and it was the most ambition plan that was presented by all the investors some investor told me if you grow that fast you're gonna wreck it Nandolek said i want to help you grow this business let's do it together and that's 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 really so to answer your question what What happened is that the first thing after the acquisition that happened is uh, Land O'Lakes came and offered uh, Land O'Lakes benefit to all Vermont Creamery employees. Huge game changer. Passed on a starting wage increase. Huge game changer. And then we started to uh, meet all the the different cross-functional division, insights, markets, sales, quality, R&D, innovation, and... I, I just was blown away with the expertise you know as entrepreneur you try to figure everything out. you wear 10 hats sure. and're like oh my god, here is another problem that I'm gonna need to, to to invent something to solve it versus now there's no matter what we go through, there's somebody we can call that can help us and have the, the answer. So yes, in addition capitals, you know, we, we had um, done a major investment into the plant to bring um, up to a higher level of uh, standards and, and really increase capacity so we can achieve that, that growth and that s- uh, scale up of, of the business. But it, it, it's a lot beyond money. It's it's, it's being uh, being in an organization that has so much expertise, so much to give, and care about the success of Vermont Creamery as much as we, we care about it.
0: It's really interesting because you, you didn't say it in this vocabulary, but I'll use this vocabulary. Really, you had a growth plan that was your and your management team's growth plan. Mm-hmm. And you showed the growth plan to a group of different investors and some investors reacted skeptically mm-hmm. and some of them said we will support that mm-hmm. and it also turns out to be the one that liked it the most also demonstrated that with their economic offer right? isn't that interesting mm-hmm. so let's see this is August 26 2021 let's pretend we go to sleep tonight, and we wake up tomorrow, and it's August 27th, 2025. Six. Five years from now. What will you be working on? (sighs) Hugo will be 10.
1: Hugo will be 10. Uh, Matisse will be 15. I will have a teenager. Uh, I want to continue. I want to continue to... see Vermont Creamery achieve its full potential.
0: And what is its full potential?
1: I think it's, 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 it's becoming a, I mean, we are...
0: You're the number one brand goat cheese in the country.
1: Right, yeah, great, aha, woohoo! No, but it's, it's beyond that. It's, it's really being a lifestyle brand, being a, you know, living to the fullest our, our mission you know and 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 it's five years from now and being able to say they grew and got better their culture is better their their people are thriving more than they ever had uh the impact of its mission creates meaningful change whether it's it's in our community or or you know in in how we position our carbon footprint and so all of this um so yeah you know Vermont Creamery would be in multiple spaces in the grocery store, and and we want to be the the number one the number one brand in the premium space. So that's 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 from a positioning regarding to the marketplace and how we what we do with this growth from an impact perspective. I do want to continue to leverage uh, my voice and my position as a leader within the state of Vermont to. Impact change. Vermont is a very progressive state. I'm on the board of VBSR, Vermont Business for Social Responsibility, and create the next uh, chapter on what you know mission-driven business ought to do. Um, you know, we talk about uh, shareholder value has transitioned to stakeholder value, and 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 continue to redefine purpose in with businesses. And I would love to. See how I can contribute to, to Lando Lakes growth, and is there other Vermont Creamery kind of uh, business opportunity that can evolve within uh, or be incubated within within uh, um, Lando Lakes and 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 see where the you know where those opportunity goes.
0: So m- many people who are listening to the podcast, Adeline, are uh, super successful entrepreneurs. Um, Some of them would want to be entrepreneurs. Some of them are advisors to successful entrepreneurs. Superior achievement among them is common. But not all of them would describe themselves as highly fulfilled or content as people. Would you describe yourself as content?
1: I am right now. And it's really hard to, to say it. I, and almost by saying it, that means I'm giving up on ambition, but I do wanna be content now. I wanna take the time to enjoy being a mom, enjoy the, where I am in my professional journey. I, I, do, I feel I've been chasing nonstop the next, and I wanna continue to do that, but also sometime when you keep chasing what's next, you forgot to be in the moment. And be content. So I do. I I do want to truly say yes. I'm content, um, mm-hmm. and and then see what happens. You know, um, <laughs> I was talking with a, a group of friends, and you know, I started to say, well, you know, I I just been lucky, and they were like, stop saying that. I'm like, well, yeah, I was lucky to get on this plane. I was lucky to meet to meet Bob and I said I was lucky to join Landolakes, Lakes And they're like, so how do you feel you go and do a presentation in front of a group of MBA students and you say, yeah, well, success is le- <laughs> linked to luck. How do you think they're gonna respond? I'm like, well, that's right. So, um, but I do feel there is a little bit of luck and I wanna be mindful of that and humbled by it.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're dead on. I mean, uh, my experience would say that Actually, forgetting what I say, Daniel Kahneman, who was the first ever psychologist to win the Nobel Prize in Economics, said, show me a successful entrepreneur, and I'll show you hard work visited by luck. Show me a super successful entrepreneur, and I will show you hard work visited by a super amount of luck. <laughs> That's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> so... um Look, I know Bob and Allison, and Bob and Sandy, Allison and Don, and all your friends here at Bigelow think the world of you. Um, can't wait to see what happens in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. It is. And I want to thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Wow, thanks for having me. That conversation has been amazing to reflect on all of all of the past couple of years, and I want to thank you. I mean, you, you truly not only help us to find the best partner, Roman Cranry for its people, but also help us to prepare to be successful in our next journey, including myself. So thanks so much. Thanks, Abilene.
0: I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. We believe that entrepreneur owner managers are the most powerful pro-social and pro-economic force on the planet. And it it's for that reason that we dedicate our firm, Bigelow, to working exclusively with them. At positive enterprise value, we freely share our learning so that you can absorb from the experiences of other private business owners with skin in the game, just like you. Bigelow is widely regarded as the M&A advisor that deals exclusively with high-performing entrepreneur owner-managers. Our scrappy independent boutique firm only offers one service, that is to help build and someday capture enterprise value. You can find all of the episodes on this podcast on Bigelow's website, which is bigelowllc.com.